Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. This is an encore presentation of my interview and sit down with the amazing Usher. He's having an amazing time. Super Bowl Bowl was phenomenal. And after Super Bowl, him and his wife got married in Las Vegas. What a day for Usher and his wife. And I think that this episode speaks to his happiness and why he has having this moment in his career that he's having right now. And he says it himself that he chose happiness and he's put a lot of work into um, being happy and he's put a lot of work into his relationship. And I think you'll see that in this episode. I think it says a lot about his relationship with Jen, who is now his wife. And it also says a lot about the work that they put in to make this relationship what it is. So congratulations to the newlyweds. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Edge Martinez in Real Life Podcast. Do we, I mean, do we welcome him? Did everybody give Usher Usher feel that we appreciate him? Yeah. And that he feels loved. Begrudgingly, my crew, they like, yeah, whatever. Do whatever, him. (laughs) He made his work on Sunday. (laughs) He made his work on Sunday. Yeah. Usher! What's up, baby? Let me tell you something. I came to Vegas Mm -hmm. to see your show on Friday. And Saturday, I've been working so hard. So Saturday, I was going to do nothing. I was going to catch up on emails and do nothing. And then I was going to come interview on Sunday. That was the plan originally. I went to the show on Saturday. Uh-huh. And I was, bl- I knew it was going to be good. You're Usher. You're always good. But there's something really magical happening out here. Yeah. Right? Like, it's different level good. We're, we're, we're greater than every other person who came out here to interview. I wanted you to have an entire weekend experience. <laughs> Why, thank you. So it would start on Friday and then come get, <laughs> I was you like, know. Why am I going Friday <laughs> for a Sunday interview? I think you set me up yeah. for a whole weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's really magical. But it is. It, it actually is magical. And not just um, in part, you know. You know, based off of all of the hit records and mm. the fact that we're here just celebrating the years of music, celebrating 25th anniversary mm. of my way, but even some of the special guests that come. Fat Joe came the first day yep, that you came. Fat Joe was here. It was, who else? Donnell Jones. Donnell Jones and came. And then the second night was. It was uh, Robin Thicke, Keep Sweat, and Teddy, Teddy Riley. Riley. Yeah. Sheesh. So I got like this, this donut in the middle of the show. That's like a, a special little moment for the, you know, 
the the the, the unknown to happen. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I saw Chris Brown came. Yeah. It's like a moment to give people their flowers also, but then also have this like connection with them, with everybody in this Well, specifically room. in Vegas, because it's supposed to be an accelerated experience here, right? So for me, rather we've done records together, or rather um, we've just been friends for years. Mm -hmm. You know, for me and Robin, we go back, you know, to confessions. And the first time I ever met him, I was just so intrigued by his talent. Yeah. So we finally got He's a chance to work like together. It's like a smoothness. When like, I met like him, my man looked guy. like Jesus. Yeah, he's he had got like a hair swag here. about him. You know what I'm saying? And then he, and, but over the years, <laughs> just building a relationship, I was like, yo, there's no way possible I'm gonna do this one and not have you come out and, and just sh share a little love. And then LaFace Records, right? For yeah, all LA of the, was there last night. Too. Yes. Yeah. L.A. Reid was in the house. Mark Pitts was in the house. Yeah. Donnell Jones. He would. L.A. didn't see that show, but I was uh, backstage talking to to Donnell, and I'm like, yo, dude. You realize how important LaFace was for just the, like, the ground laying? Like, we set the floor plan for all of what Atlanta is. There was plenty of people who were doing things, but not quite as sophisticated as L.A. Reid and Babyface with LaFace Records. So being able to celebrate him, I mean, if I could get everybody up here, it would be great. But, you know, we are the Motown of the South. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I want us to be you know remembered and i want the audience in the world to be able to see and share in that moment rather they know the songs or rather they now will go back and understand oh wait a minute usher used to he worked with donnell jones's first album yeah he that's did right, yeah. And, and that's kind of how mm -hmm. motown was right they all helped each other rather they pitched in by way of song or by way of you know production or even choreography yeah. right so you know that's a, that's a little bit of that and I love that you took so seriously the thought of like bringing Atlanta to Vegas. Oh, without a question. Hey, right. look, everybody else brings their culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You got like South American culture through, you know, Cirque du Soleil and all of those incredible shows yeah. here and the strip teases. We know what that is for the world, but you don't know what it's like no, you until know. you go to Atlanta. <laughs> know you know what I mean? People want to know what it feels like to make it rain. Yeah. By, the, by the way, it was it was. It was partially my mom's concept and idea. She was like, well, you got to make it rain. <laughs> okay, Ma. So I was like, okay, all right. We're gonna, so so it, to bring Atlanta's culture the same way that these other theatrical shows yeah. do the same thing in Las Vegas, I wanted it to be our culture. You know nah, what I'm saying? Killed it. It's yeah. so good. For me, I was like, you know, I'm going to under-promise and over-deliver for this one. Mm. One, that's what my entire career has always been. And this time I really get a chance to just celebrate and do some things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to try things that I've never tried before. I want to celebrate culture in a way that, you know, preserves it and gives it a sophistication in a way that, you know, for people who've never been to a club like that, they know what it feels like, right. who have heard the music, but they don't know the culture. Yeah. Obviously, we were, you know, inching up on the 25 you know, year anniversary, anniversary. for my way. Mm -hmm. So the celebration of all those songs, it is a surprise for me every night to go out there and hear my original fans, who some I met when they were 11 years old, now adults with kids of their own. Yeah. So this is that moment to like, we kind of relive our childhood, yeah. but also to get sophisticated, come see something fly sexy, eat something nice. Rather you come out here alone by yourself, you didn't leave alone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or either you came out here with your significant other just there to have a good time. There was actually one of the girls on the second night. There was a girl. It was the first night. There was a girl sitting next to us, and she was by herself. And she yeah. came. She looked gorgeous. She came. She got dressed, and she got her seat, and she just sat there and had an amazing time. Yes, Enjoy. it's really beautiful to look out there and see all you know all those beautiful women, man. It's like we. I'm outnumbered here. It's like. <laughs> 
where are the guys? You know what I'm saying? But it's like girls everywhere. And I'm like, it's cool. It's great. It's great. But um, just to celebrate, yeah. you know, in many different, you know, mediums, not just the show, but yeah. also to the memes and all the other things that have happened as a result of like, just getting back to the basics. Mm -hmm. I think I tried for so long, and you know, Angie, every time I put out an album, there's some meaning or purpose behind it. I really, you know, had, you know, kind of been in this, in this, you know, analysis paralysis thing that is all about trying to create the next moment, the music. I wanted and, that about you. Right. So for me, it was like, yo, let's stop for two seconds. Let's not put out an album because I had been putting out records here and there. Yeah. And these songs were great. I did a record with LMA. Yeah. You know, a couple of records dropped during the pandemic. And I was just like, yo, I just really want to go back and celebrate the classic music for two seconds mm -hmm. and enjoy all of the years. I never get a chance to do that because yeah. I'm always focused Maybe on the future. Maybe that's what it is because I was trying to put my finger on the feeling of because this, this, this feel, felt like a victory lap it feels like a you know we all we all come up and we're all chasing things and we're all working so hard and trying to come up with the next thing and what yeah. you're saying like create and create it but then you get to a point in your career where you're like comfortable and you are enjoying the mo i feel like i watched you do that this this show like you you just rocking your crown like comfortably well when you've been doing it as long as i have part of it is analyzing it being perfect but when you finally just stop for two seconds and maybe look at all of the things that you've done there's a lot to celebrate mm -hmm. and no one man is an island you know these songs either you know we produced it together with other producers and writers yeah. and the creators that really helped me you know kind of curate the entire show mm -hmm. i think we were mindful of all of that even where we're right now like this whole immersive experience where you know, you begin to understand the world of where it came from. That wall over there, mm -hmm. it normally is like full of footage and things from me when I was a kid. You know, my first talent show, you know, 1991 footage of me Nuts. at Atlanta, talent search in Atlanta, you know, and then just going throughout the entire process. But yeah, I think I have kind of um, had the opportunity to, 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 to celebrate. I ain't resting, but I'm really uh, celebrating the past, the music, the history that I've been able to create. It seems like you're having fun. I'm having fun, one, because I'm, I'm choosing to. The yeah. second half is I'm happy, actually. Mm. I've never really taken the time to stop and really, you know, be happy. Mm. I feel like my relationships are in a really good place. I feel like I'm learning how to communicate better. How do you do that? How'd you do that? What do you, what do you attribute all of this to? Um, listening. Mm. You can hear somebody, but... Are you really listening? You know, when you when you slow down and you begin to understand what's priority. Family is priority to me. Mm -hmm. Love, real love is priority to me. And I've had a, enough difficult situations in my life to now be able to assess the people who are really there for some reason. There's an agenda. And then the people who really love me, whom I should love and I should appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I can take my time and enjoy and celebrate with some of those people I'm working with on this show. Some of these people I don't work with, but they're with me and we're able to just talk. Some people I've worked with, but we no longer work together. Mm -hmm. But now we can just enjoy our relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of therapy. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if it sounds like there's therapy in there. Yeah, th there is. And some people are a bit 
it's a bit complicated for people who out there who probably analyze, you know, allowing someone to sit in and listen to your conversation and try to help you hear your partner or hear, you know, your family member or hear really what your suffering is all about. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with my happiness. I think a lot of, um, you know, my feeling is confident and is exciting is having great partnership. I got an amazing partner in life, Jennifer Goyekochea. <laughs> she asked if I wanted Puerto Rican food before we started. Yeah. It was actually Puerto Rican food. I was like, and then I'm going to tell you this too. I had my glam come to the hotel before I came here, and I guess they must do glam for the show also. Yeah. And they were saying how much she, that she, Jen takes care of everyone on the set. Like, yeah. she just takes care of everybody. They just were gushing about her, how much they loved her. It's, I was happy to know that you have somebody in your life that is that loved by your, you know, yeah. by everybody. And my mama like her and love her too. Your like, mama crazy. loves her. That's great. No, I said she like her oh, and like love her. Oh, she likes her and love her. That's, <laughs> That's okay. hard to accomplish yeah. that too. Those two things. But, but something had to change in you to be able to even be open to that. So you had to, you had to shift something, right? Sometimes you go through shit to get to shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, you go through something to get to something in life. Um, good friend of mine, DJ Rogers, used to say this to me all the time. He's like, yo, there were no humps in life. There'd be nothing to get over. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, it's hard. Now I get it. You live long enough. Yeah. You begin to understand and, as I said, prioritize what makes, you What's know, What's the best sense. love lesson you learned in terms of, like, um, just correct self-correction? Self-correction? Yeah, in terms I of, like, love it. and relationships. I think loving yourself and forgiving yourself, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever you, you know, may have you know wanted to accomplish and didn't for you know whatever you may have wanted to do and you didn't get you didn't get a chance to do it or whatever you wanted to have and you didn't have sometimes we'll place that blame out we'll we'll look out but when you take two seconds to really you know be alone and look in the mirror ain't nobody else there but you and that other person in the mirror so that means that's the one you gotta get right yeah. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you gotta trust yourself you gotta listen to yourself and you gotta believe without you know, any impression of what you think that you might need to be doing based off of what you're looking at or what someone else has, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And no matter what level you're playing at, if you take the time to deal with him or her in that mirror first, you'll be a better person. Accountability. Accountability, <laughs> patience with self too. Yeah. Cause I think, yes. you know, yeah. And sh yes. Yeah, yeah. We do things for other people we don't that we don't give ourselves the same grace and the same kind of like um, patience and. Well, we all out here looking for something else mm -hmm. and not able to, you know, be single along, be single long enough to. And I sound crazy even saying that because I'm never single long enough to even yeah, do it. Yeah, but I did say, it. In the some people are single for a very long time. that I was time. able to be single. <laughs> How'd that feel for you in those two months? Man, I was crazy. <laughs> it was good. But it wasn't good is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> what you got is better. It's funny seeing you on that stage with all those women and all that energy. And I was like, I wonder how that is to be in a relationship. Well, you clearly, you like a, you like a relationship. Yeah, I'm never, like, not single. Because you, you like love, right? I, love. I'm never single. I'm, I'm, I am I'm love love. I'm just fucking bad at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you're getting better, though. I'm getting better. You know what I'm saying? Good partnership definitely, you know, breeds great things. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, but if you're not ready, it doesn't matter. The greatest person in the world, if you can't contribute to it, it's not going to. Well, it starts with you. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's self-accountability again. You know, when you're able to 
take that time and deal with yourself. I'm curious what you're And you can be happy with anybody. You know what I'm saying? If I'm thinking about myself in terms of therapy and all of that, those things, one of my, I had to be accountable for like saying what I want was like a thing for me. Like, you know, like you think somebody else should know what you need or what you want. And yeah. for me, I had to learn how to, so that was a thing. I wonder for you, like, what was your thing that you had to fix about you? Um, I'm perfect. What you talking about now? No, you're not perfect. <laughs> you weren't perfect. You might be perfect now. We well, all one, have to, make, we have way, to self-correct. One, listen, one, having a partner who will be honest with you, brutally honest with you, and you can take that constructive criticism uh. Because you know it comes from a good place and you've spent enough time, your friends enough, and you've established trust. Mm-hmm. Trust is the, the main, you know, component to happiness and success in a relationship. Yeah. Being able to actually hear each other and speak up. Yeah. It's hard, right, to, to even know what you really want and what really matters. I think yeah. most of the time you, we all just want to be heard, Yeah, you know. A lot of people, when you say trust, they assume, because I know what you mean. Because some people think trust means trust my partner not to cheat or to this or trust it. But it's also like you have to trust somebody. Those things can become trivial, you know, because. You have to trust somebody able to, to receive their information with yeah. love. You have to trust their intentions. You have to, yeah. like, trust is way bigger than just whatever people n- normally connect it with. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? The fact that is. you trust her to tell you, hey. That was whack, or you didn't like whatever the thing. She, however, she asked how I would say it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the y'all thing. Puerto Ricans, y'all definitely. <laughs> she talks to you like that. Keep it one hundred. Yeah, you that know was, what I'm that saying. That wasn't cool what you did right there. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know about that, that Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to trust to be able to let somebody say that to you and know and be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Not. I don't know about that Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> well. Again, just being able to That's hear great. each other. Um, being able to, I'm trying to find the exact word of what it's called. Take your time, boo. Um, Take your time. The the idea uh, in a relate, and I'm, by the way, I ain't, I, I, this is not like a a perfect thing, right? right? But when you're in a relationship with someone and they're talking, but you don't really get a chance to hear what they're saying because you're trying to get your point across. They're trying to get their point across. And by the end of the conversation, you've just been trying to fight your one point as opposed to actually hearing each other, mm-hmm. right? So an exercise that I've, I've, um, I've managed to work into life, not just relationship and love, but life, period. Um, if you give me what it is that your, your issue is, and I hear it, and then I'm able to repeat it back to you mm-hmm. before I respond. Yes. Right? Usher, I'm feeling like, you, I don't know. Yeah, whatever it I is. Was, uh, you didn't listen to me last night. At the- You're angry because I didn't listen to you last night. <laughs> this is good exercise. This is therapy 101. This and, then, and then you ask, what else? Oh, right. Is there more? Is there more? Mm-hmm. They give you more. You repeat back verbatim. so that I know this exercise from therapy. Right. It works. But you actually use it, you do it. It actually works. works. It resolves issues and it gets to the point especially when a person is nervous because it's like, okay, I got a few seconds to try to get a word in and try to figure out how to get my point or either. And then it turns into this argument where I'm going to one-up you. Then you start insulting each other. Okay, now I'm going to one-up you in an insult. And then before you know it, one party can walk away and nothing's resolved. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear you. You didn't hear me. We didn't get to any good point of communication. So how can we now get 
to a successful place yeah. where we're happy because we're going to have to sleep in the bed together or either be around the kids or be around each other and do business together, whatever it might be. Right. But to be able to perception check is what it's called. Some people just want to be heard, That's too. It. To Because per, to per, the perception... To perception check. Mm-hmm. Greater than just hearing what you're saying. To have a perception of exactly what it is you're saying and then repeat it verbatim. You can't say you didn't hear me because you repeated it to me one. Right. Right? It's free therapy, by the way. And this shit really you're does welcome. work. You're free welcome. Game. It's free game in a relationship. You want a successful relationship? You try this. I'm telling you it's going to work. Is there more? She gives it to you. Is there more? By the time she's resolved, whatever her issue is, smaller, because it probably is something much smaller than you would ever yeah. imagine it would be. And maybe as a man, I'm insulted that you're even talking to me the way you're talking to me. But if I get past all of that and I just hear you, we get to the end of it. Now we're at the end of it. Nine times out of ten, I won't even have a rebuttal or a reason to try to come back at yeah, it. Yeah, you I'll just want to be heard. Sometimes you just want to be heard. Sometimes you just want And by the way, vice versa, women have to they have to try it the same way for men because sometimes it might be you know it's hard for a guy to be vulnerable and really tell you the shit that he's going through as a man any man he has a hill to climb just i mean especially black men mm-hmm. or minority men men minorities in, in america and yeah. whatever minority group you choose to stand with right yeah. it's hard right so now i'm at home and my house is supposed to be in order and i got to be able to talk to you and tell you exactly what i feel be vulnerable with you, mm-hmm. only you. I gotta fight the rest of the world, but I wanna be able to really talk to you. Mm-hmm. Talk to you, tell you exactly what I'm feeling. And you say, is there anything else? And I have to think about it. I give you what else. Hopefully you don't take too long, but you eventually get to a place. <laughs> right. Where but you, you're heard then, and you're, yeah, you're heard. Don't just, yes. yes. Well, no, don't just hear me. Uh, like, no, don't just listen to me. You said it right. Yeah, don't just listen to me, hear really me. hear me. Yeah. And process perception check with each other. That's one gift. That's one lesson that I I I feel like really helps us. That is not a small thing. It's really hard to because the opposite of that, just for anybody who's never been to therapy, right? So, hey, this bothers me, and then you feel you have to defend. You feel attacked. You feel attacked. Right. So so now you're engaging in war that you can't win because neither one of you feels heard or feels you know like it's no connection so that's normally what happens when people argue well it's a good by gift. the way if you're dealing with a selfish par- selfish partner then that might be an indication that this partner ain't for, ain't you. for you yeah right i'm not saying perception check with an idiot i'm not hey i'm jay shetty and i'm the host of on purpose on purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier healthier and more healed This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. 
This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Saying perception check with a person who's just selfish and can't, you know, allow you to have at least some space to be able to be heard. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are signs, right? In the event that the signs are telling you it's not right, maybe you should listen. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. I sure. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for me too right I'm now. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Everybody's, I don't know, you're in a good, it's so good and it's obvious. Thank you. I've seen you perform. You're always great on stage. Yeah. But you're like happy up there and yeah. it resonates. Yeah. It's different. You know yeah. what I mean? We feel it. I feel it. Maybe because I know you, I don't know, but I feel it. I'm sure other people tell you this too. Yeah. It is the ability to have uh, peace. Right. And not feel as though I have to prove anything. Yeah. I think that we all go through that. I have to prove something. That's something I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Like you having a because I feel like even you as a kid coming up in this business and having all this talent that you had. I feel like we look at Michael Jackson and he was probably somebody you probably looked at Michael's career. Yeah. This is the goal. Right. This is the this is from what I know of you and from mm -hmm. your career. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever feel like you've reached that for yourself whatever that thing was i think everybody has their own story some people start later in their life so they've had the opportunity to live out certain experiences gather what they feel about life have ambition be ambitious you know have integrity or not figure it out hook a crook how you get there and then the career starts for me it started before i had any of those experiences mm. no i'm not quite like michael but i got my own experience and i have my own history and I think it started by someone else's interpretation of me. Mm -hmm. Right? Again, we all have this. You're a kid. You're a kid mm -hmm. And we all have to be brought up. So long as you're able to look at every experience as a great one, good or bad, it'll work out for you. Mm -hmm. Don't just be all right with the yeses. Don't just be okay with the wins. Accept your losses. Accept your moments that are perceived to be losses to only make you better for the future. Mm -hmm. Rather... You know, man, it was a really difficult start. And, you know, I had to make so many sacrifices in the beginning. Great that you did, because now you can appreciate this moment where you're standing on the mountaintop. But it's hard. It's hard to to do that when you're in the middle of it. I, I, I Part of it is my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy that my mother raised me and my brother the way that she did. Um, I'm really happy that I had some elders in my life and also two mentors 
um, that are still there. Mm-hmm. Consiglieries that, you know, are there to be able Good to. Ones too, yeah, to be able to help you really understand. And then life is as much as you choose to explore and educate yourself. You ain't shit you can't read right now. So take, if you can, take the time to sit down and, and understand what a person's life was, where they started, what their story is, and gather something from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are fortunate to have mentors, if you're fortunate enough to have friends that will keep it real with you, that will be with you through thick and thin, then hopefully, you know, it will lead you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, part of that madness if we look at Michael's life, you use him as an example, all of being in that made him the genius that he is. Mm-hmm. You know, being in New York City with Biggie and Puff when he first started Bad Boy Records and kind of being in the midst of, you know, him working on my album with L.A. Reid as he employed him to give me whatever it was, swag, it kind of dimmed the light that was my own mm-hmm. and gave me something. It gave me hustle. It gave me tenacity. It gave me, you know, that man gave me focus. Because ain't nobody more focused and got more hustle than Puff. Puff. <laughs> yeah, like, in sure. order to understand how to get it. Mm-hmm. And also to motivate everybody around him to drive at their best. If you ain't running at 120%, you ain't fucking with me. Get where I'm at, and then we'll see what we're talking about. Otherwise, get what you can, and I'll see you later. You'll thank me later. But for real, that guy right there, wow. has, he was a motivator. And... um you know, everything that I was able to pick up, I did manage to use at some point. No, my first album wasn't the most wildly successful album, but when I play it out there, I they got day it. one fans that love it. Yeah. And rather they go back and they are a part of it. And I feel fortunate to be able to, you know, have had those, you know, those those songs and those moments. But I really found my way to my own light mm-hmm. when I got to my way, you know? I think too, the thing I was thinking about is like, I put you in a in a category of greats, right? I'm sure a lot of people do. Do you, do you do for yourself? Do you think of yourself that way? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. You have to think no, of you yourself have to. that yes. way. Okay, Absolutely. Good. Yeah. But some people would perceive that as like, you arrogant? know, being arrogant no, or conceited. No, it's just facts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just facts. Yo, this is a basketball game in life, right? Yeah. If look I, at the numbers. A football, this is a football game yeah, yeah. in life. If I go out on this field, and I'm like tiptoeing around you're gonna knock my block off yeah i'm trying to get to the hoop and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go through you yeah <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. get through you to get where i gotta go you well, know what i'm saying well like a basketball <laughs> player the goal is the championship or the rings or whatever the thing is it's one shot at a time really okay it's one shot at a time and understanding team ball that's that's basketball for music it's similar no one man is an island it's understanding that collaboration is important but you got to believe this shit. You got to believe that, yo, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Anything I put my mind to, I can make it. I, I, I can do it. I heard you say that um, for, to be an artist, you have to be a little bit delusional. Like, yeah. You have to be a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You have to because you're thinking of it before anybody else. So it didn't exist before you thought of it. So you have to be able to think about something. And not only are you thinking of it, but you're, you're creating it. You're creating it in real time. And more than likely, it's driving you crazy because it's in your mind and no one else can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got to manage to motivate, push the envelope, push yourself and push everybody around you to believe what you see. You know, it's so good. But when you look at the greats. Sometimes it makes them crazy chasing this. You're chasing MJ or you're chasing whatever. If you're a basketball player, you're chasing LeBron or Jordan or whatever it is. Do you feel like 
next to MJ, next to all the greats that you are there, or are you still chasing a version of that for yourself? Being able to walk in their footsteps was the first thing. So I followed them. I studied them. I trained the way they trained. I pushed myself the way they pushed themselves. You know, I, I analyzed what I knew versus what I didn't and tried to speak to a more broader audience and tried to reach and reach and keep going. And it started here. But then they managed to get here. Not the same style of music, not the same genres, not the same mm-hmm. production, not the, but the same amount of commitment. For me, yeah, because I've been carrying their torch, because I've been standing on their shoulders, now I'm in a position where I look forward. And now, hopefully, somebody's coming behind me, standing on my shoulders and going to push it forward oh, as no, it's well. it's already happened. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll accept that. Yes, yeah. that, 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 by the way was always the plan. It was never to be big as Michael. It was never to be big as Bobby. It was never to be big as Stevie. I just wanted the journey. I wanted to get there. I wanted to manage to every day have some place to go and someone to care about me being there or actually going for it, right? When you create, like, okay, I just have to have this thing. I want the money. When you get the money, what are you going to do? You made it about the money. It's over now. Mm -hmm. But when the journey is the destination, you never stop reaching. I don't know if I ever stop. And so long as I'm able to be happy and doing it, and hopefully, you know, my fans will continue to carry me in that process and celebrate what I'm making. Um, But the reason why I say that is because I, I feel like I'm carrying a standard Right, greater than the points that I'm putting on the board. The performers that they were, the fact that their mics were actually on and they were dancing and singing and performing and giving and leaving it on the stage, yeah. that's what I picked up from them. And I want to make sure that this generation doesn't forget about that part. Yeah. Because it's easy to just put your TV track on or either your song on, go up and have a DJ just rock it and, and that's it. And the crowd likes it and it's fine. and. You got to do the work. You got to yeah, put yeah. the work in. All the young cats, I, yo, I know all of them, matter of fact. I don't, no, you're so good with them. I was wondering how much of that is like. I don't close my door to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm big bro in that way. Unk, whatever you want to call me. I'm, I'm, I, I give the information because it's important for us to continue to keep the legacy Not moving forward. Unk. Nobody should call you Unk. I mean, some of them young hey, enough, dude. too. You know what I'm saying? Hey, dude, I don't feel like you unk status yet. Come on. I mean, I don't feel like I'm nowhere near it. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I don't feel like you unk status. <laughs> so you got a lot to do. I know you still do. But, you, but I feel like you have. You should have comfort in knowing that if you did nothing else, which I know you will do more, if you did nothing else, like, you've done enough. Do you, Do you feel like that? I always feel like there's more, though. Of course. Yeah, but... As you should. Um, but there's comfort in knowing. The comfort in knowing um, is part of it, but yeah. not feeling as though you have to prove something yeah. is what I think I hear you saying. Yeah. Do I feel like I have to prove something to anybody? No. I'm in my own light, and I got my own ideas, and I'm, and I'm pushing forward. And again, it's the integrity of what it is that I collected in my life from these incredible greats Mm. that now has made me who I am. So now I can just be who I am. You can follow it. It ain't going to be easy. (laughs) Good luck. I ain't making it easy for you. (laughs) You shouldn't. Nah, of course not. (laughs) And then points do matter in that light. You know what I'm saying? But You competitive? You're competitive. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) 
<laughs> kind you of. watched what other people are doing and is there people that are inspiring you or or are you just in I'm your encouraged. Home? I don't know that I'm, you know, Inspiring. yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm encouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that do inspire me because, you know, as I think, you know, our culture changes um and it flips, you know, music, R&B, rhythm and blues, rather it turned into hip hop. Rhythm and blues to me is the base of, of it all. Jazz before rhythm and blues mm-hmm. is really the base of it all. And that was just this ever morphing thing based off of the person's inter- interpretation of it, an instrument that they picked up or how they chose to use their instrument. Rather, mm-hmm. they, it was spoken word and they were spitting, you know, bars. Or rather, it was, you know, miles through a horn. Or rather, it was, you know, Jimi Hendrix through a guitar. You know, so for me, being able to contribute to any of it in this time, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, rather legendary status. I'm carrying the torch of everything that I have seen and the things that I loved about them had everything to do with integrity, had everything, integrity for the music yeah, uh, and integrity for the art. And legendary status. That's exactly what I was trying to get to before. Yeah. yeah. There, you got, you did it. Yeah. I don't know why I feel so hard, like, why I feel so hard just accepting that. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. Do you think about it? Is there a moment? I think something in our history. um, Usher, you are a legend. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. You did that. But I'm I'm telling you, something in our history along the the process is like, yo, be humble. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, be humble, but be proud that you can even do any of it because that's part of what's driving it. Mm-hmm. You know, this... And it's also if you take yourself out of the equation, because I think we're all here to share our gifts with people to, right? So that other people can take from whatever they take from us. Yeah. The, the fact that you are a legend and you have built that, it's inspiring. It brings joy to people. So if you don't acknowledge and accept that, it's almost like, you're not even giving it to the people. You know what I mean? You don't even yeah. allow the people to fully feel that. So, Well, part of it is this, the idea that something is going to be taken away from you in a moment's time. Mm. Never. No, but my point is, it could be something, right? That comes from you being a young kid coming up, always trying to have a hit. No, that's life. Trying to be that, that hot, is, be not hot. That's life because... In the okay, let's say it's one record that is not as successful as the other records. Yeah. Should I now not look at you as a legend? That happens with artists. Yeah, and but creativity. I think you, sh- you. I think yes, but I think you have finally transcended that. Mm-hmm. I think there are certain artists that if you never make another record or if you put out twenty horrible records, mm. it does not negate the legendary status that you've created. That is not a thing that many people can claim. Yeah. There's a yeah. handful of artists that are still relevant, that are still active, that could claim that status. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Don't argue with me about it. I ain't it. arguing. <laughs> I ain't arguing with y'all. Did, like, you you. did you hear what I said? Thank you. Yes. Is there anything, is there anything else? Is there anything more? <laughs> I'm using our exercise of listening. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's amazing to see. It's inspiring, man. It's what, it's what, to me, what makes the show so special, because it's like you feel that. Like, yeah. It's just whatever. We should talk about the, I saw this in, the, was it the doc or was it the masterclass thing where you talked about 
prepping for a show like this that you do meditate with the dancers and the crew and yeah is that something you is that new in your life actually, or is that a <coughs> meditate, since therapy <laughs> so since therapy before yeah. actually transcendental meditation was the first entrance into meditation for me and then other you know forms of meditation um i really picked up um as i began to kind of you know just invest in this idea of mental health mm -hmm. and how we sustain uh, being able to talk to someone, having a therapist, or either someone who is of sound mind to be able to share, and you can be vulnerable and have trust with is important. But then there are things that we can do to really help foul, um, you know, our thinking and all of the things that we're collecting. Meditation is how I do that. Trans, uh, Transcendental meditation was the first way of, of doing it. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, basically a mantra. It's a word. And then you kind of, you know. You, My therapist uh, keeps trying to get me to do it, and I just... I, I want silence. to. Silence is the hardest thing for any of us to cope with, especially thinkers and incredible people, the legendary a people like oh, yourself. Yes. The ADD kicks in. I want to multitask You want to get up and you move. It's like your leg is moving, your yes, hand is moving. It's so bad. It's so bad. Believe it or not, though, Transcendental Meditation teaches you not to run from that, right? But, again, there are other deeper forms of medica uh, meditation. <laughs> You're on medication? Yeah, meditation. Oh. That... Um, <laughs> manages to really hit but by the way medication versus meditation no medication versus meditation i would always go with meditation mm -hmm. but it's very hard especially for people who have a great deal of pressure and expectation placed on them because there's this idea of having to live up to something and you're then plagued with this activation of your brain and you've now managed to get it in this place where it's just constantly constantly throwing you ideas throwing you and which, which one sticks and what should you do? What shouldn't you do? Oh, I'm going to just, I feel this. I'm going to do this. No, don't do that. Don't. When you manage to slow it down and be in silence with yourself, rather you meditate. How long is this going and you on have, for? For me, it started off at five minutes okay. and three intervals throughout an entire day. Then I managed to get up to 20 minutes. 20 minutes is Every really, day? There's a, is a, that's a standard. 20 minutes, three times a day. Three times a day. Got to do it. Rather you just choose, manage to get up early enough to just sit there in silence. Even if your mind is going, just sit there in silence. Don't do anything. Don't pick your phone up. Don't answer the phone. Don't respond to anybody. Give yourself. And what happens to you? You just, you're in a, you're in a state, right? The most important part of our entire being is our state of being. What state of being are you in? Are you suffering? Or are you not suffering? Those are the two states. There's no other states to be in. You're the suffering or you're not suffering. Is that real? Is that it true? It is real. It is the Could only two states. you be suffering a little? Nope. No. You're either suffering or you're not. And if, you managed, if you've managed to put yourself in a beautiful state of being, right, where you're not, not suffering, suffering, then you can manage to allow the universe to actually unfold for Ooh. you. Ooh, that's good. Because what's intended to happen will. You can try and fuck it up as much as you want to. But if it's intended to happen, it's going to keep coming around until you finally get it. Mm -hmm. You ever say, like, man, I knew something told me. That's the universe <laughs> telling you, move this way. Do this. But if you're not in the right state, you're not going to catch it. You're not going to see it. Right. And if you're constantly in this hectic state of mind and state of being and suffering and trying to live or trying to do this, you ain't going to get to it. That's so good. Yeah. Suffering or not suffering? Two states. That's it. That's two states of being. Yes. That's it.
You're either in a suffering state or a non-suffering state. But if the answer is yes, I'm suffering, then what is the... Then that's part of the problem. Okay, so now you know you're suffering. Now let's get into why you are suffering. Ah. You begin to open it up. You begin to understand, man, it was something that I had in my mind that I thought I needed to fix as a kid. I was three. I didn't know any difference any better. But that became the ploy of how I look at my entire life. I, somebody told me no, so it was always no. So I always thought no. I always thought I couldn't do that or I thought I shouldn't do that or that yeah. was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. It's this deeper work, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It forces you to look at the why. It forces you to go back and speak to your your child sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like get into the mind of where you where you were and where you picked up some idea. And why you're suffering. Yeah. Is this something you learned? Is this something somebody taught you? It's something that I've experienced and I managed to see for myself in life through meditation, through, you know, a great deal of just patience with myself mm-hmm. studying trying to get myself in a better state of being where i'm not walking around just suffering all day were you suffering for a long time yeah mm. what yeah. was the cause of that my suffering i think um primarily is the expectation to live up to something mm-hmm. um or either something that was missing mm. right i need to add something more to my life because i'm not happy in this present moment mm. I got to get to that other thing, mm. you know? Does it help you define it too, right? If you, if you don't even know your, or recognize your suffering. If you, I think more than likely, um, all of us yeah. are kind of stuck in a suffering state. It's the state that you choose to set yourself in. When you're actually meditating, you're more than likely calm enough in order to let you, and, I, uh, and a, this enables you, right? From being able to see what it is that you're dealing with. I'm frantic. I got to just go figure out. Just, but wait a minute. Just slow down. Just, just stop for two seconds. Then you realize it's not as pressing as you thought it was. I'm not even. I don't know why I'm stressed out. I'm not even suffering. I'm not. That's what it does to you, right? <laughs> you have that thought. Like, why am I even? What can I do about it? Yeah. Let me focus on the positive so of this situation. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I saw you telling the crowd that a little bit on the first night of the show. You told everybody to turn their phones off, to be in the moment, and yeah. to um, be present. Be present. Yep. And then you said, I don't want to sound like the old guy, <laughs> the old man, or I forget what the words you use, but you referenced. No, I sound getting older, right? Mm. And, you know, it's these mantras and things that older people always coming up with, like these wise tales. And, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That when you're young, in the, you're like, in the land of the blind, that one eyed man is king, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, serve it as rhetoric or either anything like that. But, yo, are we able to be okay? with no as much as we are with yes wins as much as we are with losses because they're the same we don't see it but they are i've never heard it said like that hey listen if I you heard, manage i've heard you know you learn from your mistakes everything is a process okay well then why that. wouldn't you everything is a process yeah you learn from your mis- i learned something from my mistake yeah but i've never heard yes is the same as no it should be in our minds we can't see it that way because we're all kind of like looking for the win only that's good but there's measures you know there's measures in life there's time there's there's a moment for everything and nothing is happening by coincidence Mm. everything is intended to happen you just don't fight it (laughs) if you choose or try to you're just gonna make their process longer so good yeah how are you doing with like um because this is like grown usher now (laughs) like how did you because you started so young you're grown. You still, you still not unk. 
status. I, I, I wouldn't say I am. I'm saying if you're like six years old and you're trying to <laughs> You want to call me this, up? That's cool. cool. Um, but how do you do, how, how have you dealt with age? Because cause famous people, and sometimes that's challenging, especially when you start so young and you're looked at as a kid or you looked at as this young, you know, and now you're like a grown man, four kids. Like, was there ever a weird transition for you in that? Yeah, I mean, it became painstakingly obvious when I had to deal with a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old who, mm-hmm. you know, are like in need of parenting. Right. And, you know, as complicated as it is to be our parents, we get it now that we're on the other side of it. Yeah. As an entertainer, I don't know. I think that uh, in you know the eyes of my fans, I guess I'm as old as the experience that they've had, whether they had it then or whether they're still having it now. Yeah. So I don't know if music is able to give you age in that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's, if anything, it preserves your age because you go back to that moment. And for me, I'm actually working my way back in it every time I'm performing it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rather, I'm, you know, doing a handstand or, you know. You still moving the same. Trying to get the body right in order to have that shirt off, whatever. You know You're what I'm saying? You're not doing any weird old man. You know, sometimes the dance, as you get older, it, start, it has a little... Some of our favorites, the dance, a little later on, it starts to get yeah. not as... Well, you're showing no signs of that. 
Well, for me, the performance <laughs> had always been a major part of who I was. Yeah. So uh, it's always kept me young because yeah, 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 that. that was the fun part of it, yeah. you know? But not everybody makes that transition from child to young to grown comfortably, especially yeah. people in, in the public eye. They fight it and we see them fighting it and it's never, it's always uncomfortable to watch. But I don't think we've ever seen any kind of weird transition. Maybe internally you had one, but I don't, we didn't see it. You weren't like... I think if anything, that transition probably um, was difficult between me and my mom. And very difficult because uh, of our work relationship that then became family relationship, mm-hmm. right? And I think ultimately it had always just been about my mom wanting me to be the best or have the best or not go through any kind of pain, which is her own suffering mm-hmm. because she's thinking about what she went through and not looking at me for where I am. Mm-hmm suffering she must be proud now she's very proud now because she understands that um no matter what she may have wanted what was intended to happen would we were always going to be good we're always going to get be be where we were and our relationship as mother and son is more important than anything and now we can have all the other stuff and she got these grandbabies and now she got grandbabies that she got to deal with four yeah Sheesh. Boy. And she loves dealing with them. Of course they do. I hear it's easier to be a grandparent. It's more fun being a grandparent. You get to do all the fun stuff. Yeah. Until you meet Cinco, my oldest son. <laughs> How old is he now? He's 14. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a tough age. But no, they, they, they have their code. I don't know if I go through the thing uh, with grandma the way normal, you know, everybody else says, you know, when grandparents get their kids, they just let them get away with everything. Because my mom, she's still on it. You she's know what on I'm it? saying? <laughs> Your mom's still young. Yeah. yeah she's, she's still young. She's, she's still, still on, on it. it. Yeah. How's being a, a dad changed you? Uh, and a new and a recent kind of and girl dad now. And yeah. Yeah. Girl dad has definitely made me soft. I was just in a jumpy house. No socks. Just you know, now? Just, yeah. Just you went pumpkin picking. Pumpkin, I went earlier. pumpkin patching. Yeah. You was in the club. I mean, I, by the way, I did it with my boys too, but with your daughter, it's a different thing. Like, I'm literally walking her through everything and trying to make sure I'm I'm the bodyguard. <laughs> you, security. Yeah, yeah security. Yeah. <laughs> you on stage last night. Yep. Then you was at the after party. Yep. And then you was at the pumpkin patch. Pumpkin patch and then getting ready for school. You know, hey, yep, you, you got what you need. You know, noticed something yesterday. You missed class. No, I didn't miss class. I was tutoring. Okay, got it. Great. Just want to make sure I let you know I see it. What's going on here? You're on it. Yeah, of course. You got to be. You know what I'm saying? It, it, my, my responsibilities as a dad is more important than anything that I do here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what changed me, to be able to say that I could be, you know, uh, that for my kids. I suffered a long time, you know, analyzing uh, and making moves based off of the fact that I didn't have a dad. I wanted things to be perfect because I didn't be the have perfect it. dad. Right. Yeah. Or I wanted to try to do the perfect thing in order to make sure that I didn't make my son feel like I felt my own suffering had nothing to do with him. Isn't that crazy how that does it to us, our parents? Like, I just did yeah. my last episode I did with Kelly Rowland and we were talking about daddy issues. And it's like, for women especially, you know, daddy issues is like a big thing. But we never really talk about, like, men. Yeah. What that does what that does to you. Yeah, well, not being there or either being around, but, you know, mm-hmm. kind of being an absentee. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably because it's just the standards of where life was for men back in those times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always kind of been this idea, you know, don't cry. You soft if you cry. Mm-hmm. 
I don't believe in that. I believe that your kids can cry, mm-hmm. um, but they need to get up and to keep moving. Um, you know, it's all right to be vulnerable. It's all right to, to have moments. Uh, don't share them with everybody because they ain't everybody's business. Mm-hmm. But to have a dad that you can talk to and, you know, be able to be transparent with to help your kids, I think it's important to have that for men. For In sure. our time earlier, it probably wouldn't. I can't say it because my dad wasn't that. I wasn't. I didn't have that kind of relationship with, with my dad, you know. But changed everything uh, about me. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it made it gave me true responsibility. You know, it, it gave purpose for those late, late, late nights. Right? Mm-hmm. I did that anyway in my life. But as a father, you do it for a different reason, with a different outcome, or at least expectation for an outcome. Are you a good dad? Do you think now that you? Though I can be tough at sometimes, you know. And I think I managed to make everybody feel like I'm their dad. <laughs> You're the dad of the group? He's dad? Yeah. It's daddy's home? But, um, like everybody's daddy, Usher? Kind of, sort of. You know what I'm everybody's daddy. I just want everybody to, you know, to, to, to be their greatest, man. And What do you ask God for most? What do you pray for? What do I pray for most? Because it seems like you have everything. His grace. Mm-hmm. Covering. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray more than anything, giving thanks that I'm able to pray, that mm-hmm. I actually have the voice to be able to share it. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's chosen, you know, me and also two people around as vessels for some purpose that could help me through life and also to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray for my children. Mm-hmm. I pray for my loved ones. I pray for those who are in my soul circle. The people who your soul circle, I love that. Yeah, the people who matter, you know, for life and um, will affect those people who. Because by the way, in this soul circle, are all people who affect each other. Rather, uh-huh. it's my mom or my children or my ex-wife, or you know, people who have been there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that shit gets hard, but yeah. you know. Um, you but do? praying a covering over for the sake of making sure that as we go into the next season of whatever life has to offer for my kids who have kids, you know, that they don't bring the same issues that we had in ours Mm -hmm. into theirs, Mm -hmm. that we can remedy and fix some of those things, you know? What do you think now? Because everybody's purpose, I think, well, no, some people, they're born, they feel like they have a purpose, they know what it is. Sometimes they change throughout our lives. Yeah. Do you feel like you know what yours is? Um. We know it has something to do with music so far. Right. <laughs> but I think um, after that, um, rather it's, it's an example of uh, a business. Because mm-hmm. business has obviously been a part of my life. Not as much as a priority. But to be recognized as a businessman that speaks through. I would have never guessed that. <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean, I've, been, I've, I've, I've made plays. I've, I've done things. I've had an involvement in major things. Mm-hmm. And also, too, more than anything, have been, um, oddly enough, a usher for other people to be able to be introduced into spaces mm-hmm. and have benefited from that. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, but to now be in a position uh, to prepare people uh, and to create a standard, a standard that we can benefit from, an ecosystem that I think that we can benefit from better than having to rely so much on infrastructure that's been set before we got here so that's really my next focus huh. so you like 
going to go back to the studio. I know you're in this moment, but oh, I'm not done. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, no, 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 not done. Don't okay. get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> matter of fact, I don't care what business I'm in. I'm going to still make music and also to either be a part of creativity in that space of music because it's something that I know mm -hmm. so well. Okay. I understand what it is. I understand how to do it. Uh, and I don't take it for granted. But I, I, I love to be able to be creative in that space. But business that's in a lifestyle, yeah. that is aspirational, that is a part of our culture, that leads to some sense of knowledge for all of our people to be able to continue to collect it and utilize it or either benefit from it. Is this something that's happening already? Is there a, is there a... There's, there's, a, there's many things, okay. you know? Um, you know, me and L.A. Reid have been working together. Yes, love that. You know, that. We, we hadn't been working together for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so to be able to, to be back in each other's lives and i think that he's been such a valuable commodity you know for so many industries and you know and so many incredible entities but now to be able to come together and have ownership in what we're building for our future you making a label uh it's gonna be that and then some and then some yep a network and a label or something like this. I You're mean, being well, very mysterious, Usher. Well, well, <laughs> but I'm excited, whatever it is. We'll I, follow. I'm, I'm being mysterious because, you know. Because you're in the process. We're in the process. Got it. But you've seen us together, right? You better watch this. <laughs> watch this. You know what I'm saying? But we, we've been around each other um, recently, you know, just, just reminding ourselves of why we got started mm -hmm. and what it was about where it came from, looking at and analyzing the things that have happened in life, what could have been better, mm -hmm. what we could have done differently, and the importance of our legacy and the aspiration of what it is that we created, you know, and really being a product of it through and through. Not just talking it, because we talk it a lot. A lot of us talk about this collaboration and my brothers and us sticking together. No, really doing it, sticking mm -hmm. together and building, you know? Mm -hmm. This sounds exciting. Yeah. Did this surprise you? Well, <laughs> I didn't know it would be as wildly successful as it was. Thank God for uh, Eddie Bishop Long, who created. Watch this. I don't know if y'all ever heard that. You know, I'm a. You know, as a, um, as a kid, uh, his sermons I used to go to, and he would always do this. Watch this. Kind of picked it up. But he didn't this. do this. He, he didn't put that part together. Okay, no. this was you. Yeah, I, I just my own little remix yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and it was a part of you know confessions. Like mm -hmm. it's always been on the record, but I never kind of gave it a a little meme visual. But by by the way, memes were not a part of that culture in right. that time. Um, and I was just having fun, man. But y'all definitely watch this because yeah, there's something coming. I can't wait till you're ready to talk about it. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thank you for today. Thank you for yeah. an amazing weekend. Yeah. I, we're going to need B-roll. I need to show people who please, can be here. You're coming please. back. You're going to do it for more, right? Because I keep telling people you got to see the show. Sadly enough, I think by the time this airs, it'll, there'll be be no, it'll be over. So, um, yeah, please Will share Will there be a documentary saw. or something around it? There has to be, of right? Course. Yeah, okay, of course. Of course, we're in the works of all of that on, good stuff. Please. Yeah. We're monetizing. It. It's really <laughs> magical. It really, you bring in so much joy to people. Yeah, very happy Which to be able to have done it now mm -hmm. and um, be on the lookout for new music next year. And you are a legend. I am a legend. Ursha, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs>
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.